Welcome to my Biocast, the series where I talk about some of the most controversial and talked about stories in biotech. If you want to get involved with the conversation around these stories, head over to the Have You Ever Wondered channel on YouTube to find the Biocast playlist. And the story I'm going to cover today is the backlash around the FDA guidance on biospecifics. The US Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA, has received backlash from major players in the pharmaceutical industry over its draft guidance on bispecific antibodies. The document, which was released in April, discusses the promise and challenges behind developing these biologics. This is the first time the agency has specifically addressed this class of drugs, but it has been criticised by being too vague and flawed by major pharmaceutical companies and experts. So first things first, what is a bispecific antibody? A bispecific antibody is an artificial protein that contains different antigen binding sites on each arm, meaning it can bind to two different types of antigen at the same time. They provide several advantages over regular monospecific antibodies, including enhanced toxicity from increased targeted effector cell response and the reduction of development and clinical trial costs compared to combination therapies. Two bispecific antibody therapies have been approved so far in the US, Blincyto by Amgen and Hemlimbra by Roche. Blincyto bought in $230 million in worldwide sales in 2018, whilst Hemlimbra is expected to be a blockbuster for the treatment of Haemophilia A. Now, the action from the FDA hasn't come out of the blue. In February, it issued a partial clinical hold on Zenkor's phase 1 clinical trial of its biospecific therapy targeting acute myeloid leukemia, after safety reports about two patient deaths were considered at least possibly related to the treatment, although this hold has since been removed. The development of bispecifics is set to continue, with over 60 drugs in preclinical studies and 30 drugs in clinical trials. The FDA want drug manufacturers to use the guidance as a supplement before coming to them with clinical trial propositions, and it would like potential targets, proposed mechanisms of actions, dosing schedules and demonstrations of increased safety or efficacy compared to monospecific products with similar targets and currently available therapies included in the proposals. The guidance applies to molecules which falls into two categories, bispecific antibodies that link two target cells and bispecific antibodies that do not link two target cells. But drug manufacturers and experts alike have been quick to criticise the guidance. Christopher Betty, an intellectual property lawyer and partner at Morgan Lewis, says, To assume that all these bispecific formats are going to function in the same manner is an incorrect assumption, and the way the FDA was jamming all these molecules into one hole is not realistic, given the structure of these molecules. This was also echoed by US biotech Regeneron, who said in a statement, This guidance does not specify as to which bispecific category the different recommendations relate, and suggests that all recommendations are applicable to all types of bispecifics, which is not appropriate based on experience in this space. Brian Peterson, an expert in biological assays, statistics designs and analysis, has worked closely with the FDA on many projects and says, I do think they will stick to the notion that cell bridging and single cell MOA will and should require a different approach from one another to reasonably assess the possibilities. The question may be what proof of concept can we do in vitro prior to actual test studies to justify a design. Many manufacturers also spoke out against the guidance's focus on immunogenicity, or the ability of a drug to trigger an immune system response. Whilst significant immunogenicity caused by novel epitopes has been deemed an inherent challenge of developing bispecific antibodies by the FDA, Pfizer, Janssen and Novartis have opposed the statement. 
Pfizer has called for this statement to be deleted from the guidance, noting that emerging clinical data suggests that the risk of immunogenicity of bispecific antibodies are likely to be similar to that of monoclonal antibodies against one antigen. Whilst Janssen and Novartis have requested clarification as this issue is not considered particularly pertinent to developing bispecific antibodies. Another criticism was of the comparisons between a bispecific antibody and a monospecific antibody already approved that the FDA might want to see. Eli Lilly and AstraZeneca have both requested clarification, with AstraZeneca seeking reassurances that a comparison request would be made early in a development program and would only be applicable to an FDA-approved monoclonal antibody acting against one of the same targets as the bispecific. Christopher Betty explains, it's really an issue of cost and time to add another layer onto clinical studies and trials. That takes a lot of time and effort, given that you're talking about full-blown clinical trials that are going to have to involve two other antibody targets. So what's next for the FDA and bispecifics? The current guidance is only a draft, but it's an essential step in designing the development process and increasing the efficiency of the regulatory process for bispecific antibodies and innovative new biologics in general. And even in its draft form, it may help improve the quality of biologics being developed and speed up the time it takes to get to patients and healthcare providers. Now, in my opinion, it's good that the FDA has drawn attention to bispecifics, as there is so much focus on developing these types of antibody therapies at the moment. But they do need to take some of the concerns from pharma on board. After all, they're going to be the ones following this guidance. The backlash around the immunogenicity might partly be a knee-jerk reaction from companies who don't want their products associated with the negative connotations of the term, which is understandable after events like the Zencore trial, I guess. So clarification by the FDA with regards to the risks of immunogenicity compared to monospecific therapies and novel epitopes causing immunogenicity is definitely needed. And I also have to agree with Christopher Betty, Asking manufacturers to hold full-blown clinical trials for two antigens is a mammoth task. The FDA, according to regulator Janet Woodcock, does like basket studies, where multiple drugs are tested in a head-to-head -head comparison, although developers apparently aren't so keen. So if the FDA insists on the need for more tests for biospecifics, we may see basket studies becoming more popular. So that was the story, that was my opinion on the end of it, but now I'd like to pass the question over to you. Do you think the FDA has been too vague in the first iteration of their guidance on bispecific antibody development? Are drug manufacturers quite right in asking for more clarification on aspects which they're uncomfortable with or just downright disagree with? Or do you think that pharma are just outraged because they don't want to spend their money extending the scope of their clinical testing? I'd really love to know what you think. So that's the end of the story, which means you've made it to the end of this episode of The Biocast. If you want to know more about The Biocast or get involved with the series, get in touch via the Have You Ever Wondered YouTube channel or my other socials at HYEU Science. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on my next Biocast.